Welcome to Mothers of Held Angels, or as we say, MOHA. We are three dedicated and passionate moms who have lost babies to stillbirth and infant death. We formed a support group to help get through the dark days of grief. We touch on a variety of topics relating to life after loss, speak with experts, and enjoy healing conversations based on our own experiences. Don't forget to visit our website at www.mohanetwork.org for more information. And thank you for listening in. As the book of Matthew says, you are not alone here. Welcome back, Moha listeners. Hi. Hi. Welcome back. It's been a long break. It has been. It's been a long break for us. We were sitting (laughs) down like, we haven't done this in a little while. So we are back from our holiday break, I I guess. Yeah. Coming back. Over the break, Brittany Holland and I did separate podcasts. Mm -hmm. Yes. We, We divvied out our support podcast. So before this episode, if you go look at our podcast channel you'll see that we each released our own episode about how we were supported in the hospital. It was eye-opening. Eye-opening is a good it was, to say it. Well, I guess we have, I've listened to Holland's, Holland's listened to mine, Anna obviously Mine's has about listened to be released to tomorrow. Yes. Yeah, so we haven't heard Anna's. Yeah. But it sounds like we've all kind of had this very different experience. Yeah. Well, our support has been so different. Very different. Yeah. In the hospital. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I, if you haven't listened to him, I really encourage you, especially if you are someone in the support system of someone that's lost their baby, we've covered all the basis really Holland's dear mom and sister were on the podcast. Brittany's dear friends were, and they are, they were in the C-section because they're on the medical staff for mm-hmm. Brittany. And mm-hmm. we had a really good support of couples. We had my sister and her husband and Jeff's sister and her husband. So we really encourage you to go and listen to any of that. If you are just curious or just, if you need to be affirmed as a support system, you know, sure. if you, I think that's what I heard mostly in each of our support podcasts was that no one knows what to do. No mm-hmm. one knows if they're doing the right thing. And everyone's just wanting to do the very best sure. for their person that they love. So but we're excited to start this new year, mm-hmm. 2022 with yeah. MOHA. Yes. I yep. think we, when we began, ladies, it was October. And well, can we, can I say before October, we were, I think we had like these little ideas yes. of just like, we'll kind of meet. We'll have lunch. We'll have right. lunch. <laughs> Maybe a dinner. <laughs> Maybe it's, some it's wine. It's about helping each other, you know. Yeah. And, and we kind of... You know, you say the word organically yes. numerous times, mm-hmm. and I feel like that's kind of what we've done, mm-hmm. is this has yes. grown organically. Yes, We saw the need. We saw what was out there, as surprising as it was. And we're still learning. We're still learning every day. It has just taken off. Mm-hmm. Yes. We mm-hmm. still have not hiccups per se, but we're still so new and still trying to figure out what we're trying to accomplish and how we can do that. Absolutely. But now we're learning more and more about the real need. Exactly. And lack thereof. Yes. That's what we were chatting right before we started recording about how it's almost like it hurts our hearts and it hurts our stomachs when we begin 
spreading and sharing moha to moms or families and some of the feedback we get, especially from maybe the hospitals that mm-hmm. we receive mm-hmm. information from information yeah. back, mostly like, yeah, we, we don't have this, that we have resources to give moms when they leave the hospital for support groups, but, but we are not the resource. We're not the, re- we're not yeah. the support for them. Yeah. You know, we, we, if they have a bereavement committee, a lot of times it's new and that's mm-hmm. still forming and chatting with some of the administrators of hospitals, they share with us that it's really challenging to recruit Mm -hmm. nurses into the bereavement committees, which I totally get. Mm -hmm. It's hard. They're there to take care of the health of their patient. And when you're asking them to dive in a little deeper with death, death, yes, like that's not their, that's not what they went to school for. They went to school to Mm -hmm. heal a physical Mm -hmm. body and something that we actually heard from one of the administrators and from a nurse is that it's hard on them too exactly they have you know it's scary for them it's sad for them they form relationships with their patients Mm -hmm. they feel emotionally drained Drained. and Mm -hmm. upset just along with them so Mm -hmm. it's sometimes hard for them even to articulate what they're going through along with the patient and thinking of their own stories, who knows what their, their own personal stories are of, yep. of their own loss and things. And I, and I was telling the girls, so I'm an old teacher or I'm a former teacher <laughs> and I was sharing how a lot of times that would be my feedback from any of my friends and family would be asking like, well, what, how did the, wouldn't the nurses be there to be the emotional support or the grief support for a patient. And I was telling Holland and Brittany, it's like asking a teacher it to support their student if their parent were to pass away. Teachers, of course, are going to do it. Nurses and teachers have that heart to try and like step in and do what they can. But thinking of like the emotional drain of a teacher and a nurse to really just assume that that's their role is very unfair in our system. It's, and it's, it's not helpful to the nurses. It's not helpful to the patients. They need the help for grief support. So yeah, that's the need that we've, that we're not only supporting mom, dad, extended family, but we've now become like kind of nurses support. I kind of see it as like a liaison or like a bridging the gap kind of situation. Right. We have walked in those shoes, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. So a nurse might not necessarily have walked in those shoes. A teacher who is dealing with, you know, a student who lost their parent hasn't walked in that, in those shoes sometimes, and they don't know exactly what to say or what to do. And it's innate for us to step in and do something. Mm -hmm. But like you said, having Moha to kind of guide the way Mm -hmm. for everyone is my biggest hope and dream yeah. for mm-hmm. us. And if not us, then who, right. you know, we're, yeah. we are the moms who have lost. We are the moms who, who are put in this position that we can go. We have Brittany who can be in the hospitals right now during the pandemic. Oh, and that's like, something we can share is that we've, we've yes. recently got some great news that Anna and myself, Holland, we are going to be able to come in kind of on a compassionate release Yes, way in one of the hospitals. Right. I want to share too much too soon, but no, that was yeah. really great. That, hopeful was, well, news. that was wonderful news. Yeah, it was very helpful. I mean, Brittany experienced our first family mm-hmm. in person, mm-hmm. and as as all of our listeners know, Brittany just recently last lost Eden Grace in April. Mm-hmm. So 
Brittany was so courageous and just stepped right into this room with a dear family that now we are very close with. And Brittany saw that firsthand experience with them of seeing another mom who has lost, mm-hmm. you know, and we won't share her, the mom's name, but I think Brittany was able to see how that mom and dad looked at Brittany and just knew that they could look to Brittany from there on out yeah. with, with this loss. You know? I think, I think one of the biggest take homes with Moha is, man, I've got a great support system. I've got a great family. There is just something different about looking into the eyes of someone who has experienced the same trauma. Mm -hmm. It's there's some comforting doesn't even begin to skim the surface of the correct adjective, but it's a feeling of peace. Uh, It's just so wonderful to be able to look into Anna and Holland's eyes. And maybe that it's that love and that compassion that we have between the three of us that Mm -hmm. we've really wanted to share. And that's why we feel like we've grown exponentially and wanted to grow exponentially in the past four months. But I just, I walked into that room wanting to comfort this family, knowing that feeling that my two girls give to me and and wanting to extend that on to them. So incredible. When you walk into a hospital room after, after just a couple months after losing Eden Grace and you see another mom holding their baby, Brittany, like your first thought and your first reaction is to sit with them, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. It was kind of, it was, again, organic. Yeah. I just wanted to convey this feeling of, we're here to help get you through this. Yeah. Like, I am a product of surviving this tragedy. Mm-hmm. You're going to do the same. Mm-hmm. And here's how we're going to help you. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of went from there. And I think just that feeling of cl- wanting to feel close to that mom, the same feeling I get from y'all is why I think it was so important for us to really start our angel ambassador program mm-hmm. and really get that going. And the idea is Sarah, who also, and I'm just using this as just an example, an but example Sarah, who we hopefully will meet in the future, who has lost a baby will come to us and say, I want to do more. Mm -hmm. I want to help the next mom. And Mm -hmm. so through Moha and our education that we can give to her, she can then become the Anna, the Holland, the Brittany Mm -hmm. to go in and be that face of hope and comfort and joy. Cause the three of us can only do so much within the city of Houston. Yeah. And on a bigger picture, my dream, if you will, because I think I I can, if you dream it, it will, it will come into fruition, fruition. (laughs) but to have just Moha chapters in Mm -hmm. any city Mm -hmm. where a mom wants to do the same, she wants to be there to hold the hand of another mom experiencing this heartbreak and Mm -hmm. say, you're going to survive this. We're going to get through the darkest part mm-hmm. together. together. Mm-hmm. And you're and not alone. You're not you're, alone. You're not alone. I, and and can I just ask though, too, like why, what is it about being able to be there for another mom that is so healing? 
you know, yeah. do you think it's, <laughs> do you think it's because like we get to share a part of our story darkness? Uh, sure. You know, yeah. like our darkness gets to be shared with someone. I don't want to say darkness maybe, but this art, the way that we miss our children, when you, when you mm-hmm. don't get to have your baby with you anymore, you jump at any moment to share that baby. And directly you, or indirectly. Directly or indirectly. Yeah, so sure. do you think when you walked into that hospital room and looking at this family, that feeling of being able to also connect by sharing Eden Grace too. Mm-hmm. And, and like, it almost brings our babies back to life. To life. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. our an angel ambassador program, we're so eager to get it started because we think it's not just going to be healing for the families in the hospital. Mm-hmm. It's healing it's for the, us for the ambassador too. walking in. I have to see you. You have to see mm-hmm. me. That is healing. You know, mm-hmm. just reading about our stories ain't going to cut it. Like, yeah. yeah, we have to be able to see each other to know that you are not alone. And I think our angel ambassador program is going to bring healing across the board, across the decades of women who have lost. And I think we might see slow growth in it. Yeah. I, I don't want to gr- say that we're going to just like start <laughs> waltzing into hospitals yeah. and be like, here we are. Well, it's yeah. a complicated time. That. It's right very now. complicated. I mean, COVID, I hate to blame it on COVID, but COVID threw a wrench in the whole, in everyone's lives. Mm-hmm. But like being able to get into a hospital to face to face with someone and be like, you're not alone here. And we all will recognize that we had great support systems, mm-hmm. great family support, great spouse support, mm-hmm. but not everyone has that. Sure. Mm-hmm. They don't even have anyone they feel like they can turn to. Exactly. And so those are the moms that I personally, I guess look forward to is a, Way, weird way of putting it but like those are the moms that I want to help the most and, yeah. and just show them yeah because I think yeah. ultimately like I've said in a previous podcast I ultimately my goal for Moha is for that angel ambassador whoever it may be to be my Anna and Holland right yeah. you know so it's just this big extension of us mm-hmm. and who we are mm-hmm. for the next mom especially in those first couple days, you know? Oh, for sure. I think we are so excited to know that we will be able to get into those hospital Mm -hmm. rooms now. Mm -hmm. And we will be able to walk in with our boxes and show them how to create memories with their babies and, and just be there face to face. Mm -hmm. Because again, I think they need to see us and we need to see them for healing to take place. A hundred percent. So yeah, pray for pray for Moha as we move mm. forward because I think the quicker our the quicker us three can be in the hospital and see how we can grow this program, and really just through all complications of being approved for um, a license to to yeah. go into these rooms. And we are yeah we are also doing our part in taking some extra training since sensitivity training through a program a healthcare system up north offers. And so the three of us are going to be taking an all day sensitivity training called when a baby dies. And even though we have firsthand knowledge mm-hmm. of that we want to 
know the best approach. I'm actually also just curious what they're going to say, right? Yeah. Like what? Like what are we not doing? Yeah. (laughs) No check. Already done that. This stuff, (laughs) and I just want to make sure and kind of validate in my mind that the healthcare system that is presenting this information has it right. Yeah. Kind of. (laughs) Yeah. 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 It's true. Like that. It's true. But I, I am excited about this i i love like any extracurricular like uh, education opportunities outside of you know even even continued education and nursing and stuff i'm kind of a nerd i've always enjoyed taking classes <laughs> i love you holland um, that's so funny <laughs> so i am excited yeah, to take I a am class excited to, um, <laughs> but no i am i'm curious to see how the information is presented and yeah. even just some notes that i can take um, myself, Brittany's very extroverted. I am not, I'm the complete opposite. So I want to be very well prepared yeah. once I do get an opportunity to see a mom. I well, you know, I what's interesting too, is that you say you're, you're not an extrovert, but your presence and your heart, yeah. you don't need to be an extrovert. Like yeah. it comes through you. Like it yeah. seeps through your pores. Yeah. You're like very calm. Your presence is very sweet nature. Like, yeah. Well, I was going to say, thank goodness you're not an extrovert because, <laughs> because Brittany's our, our wonderful extrovert. Yeah. Holland's our beautiful kind of introvert. <laughs> and I'm just like, I, honestly, I feel like I'm an introvert trained extrovert. Like I have been, I have, I've always told this in, I might just cut all of this out, but I've always been told that I, everyone thinks I'm an extrovert, but I am an introvert. And I think I've just been tra- like, like told my whole extrovert. life that I'm an extrovert, oh. but like, I know, I know You're now like after losing Lillian, I'm an introvert. I can be really, I can be really quiet and I'm like, and then I'll leave and I'll be like, oh, it was so awkward because I was so quiet, but I'm really taking in, I very much feel other people's pain inside and I will think like the rolling list of people that I pray for. Mm -hmm. And actually we're going to talk about that in another episode, but like prayer for me has actually helped me a lot because I will worry. I'm a worrier and I'll think about, Mm -hmm. you know, like, oh, Sunday's coming up and I need to just like let all of it out and no, Mm -hmm. I don't have to wait till Sunday. And so I've been praying every Mm -hmm. night for, for certain people. Mm -hmm. Um, and that was one of my new year's goals was to start praying with intention for certain people. And it's helped a lot so that they're not just sitting on my mind. I feel like giving it up to God kind of, he takes, I don't know why. I just and this is Holland in a nutshell. Well, I was gonna I'm say, like, let's... I need to lose weight and give up chocolate is my New oh, Year's resolution. I mean, I and Holland's is like, I need to pray with yeah. purpose. I mean, that just goes it's to show true. you like yeah. how sweet her soul well, is. Well, we're, we're just so glad to have each each type of each our personalities. personalities. Oh, and it's yes. a good fit for each mom it's, too. Yes, yeah. I think I think honestly, we've we cover a good basis of of what moms may need in a personality mm-hmm. for that mm-hmm. day. You know, I think, I think yeah. we can branch really well from our three personalities, but I wanted to ask y'all about what we noticed about what hospitals in particularly oh. or in particularly need from us with like supplies or training and things like that. I know Brittany has have been in mm-hmm. close contact with a lot of the L and D managers and directors yeah directors Mm -hmm. um so i wanted Brittany to share a little bit about what like what moha needs to bring to the table yeah sure so we have spoken directly to a couple directors so for the people that don't know we're based out of houston we we 
all three of us live in a western suburb of Houston. Mm -hmm. But our goal is to reach the entire city of Houston. And then, of course, our big time goals are to be (laughs) across the country. But short term, small goals are to have Houston well taken care of before we can branch out. Mm -hmm. And we have noticed what we sometimes think think would be kind of the obvious is not. Mm-hmm. So some people have a cuddle cot and it, that's the device. Ultimately, as we fundraise, we would ultimately like to put a cuddle cot in each system, hospital system. Let's talk about that cuddle cot. Mm. Sometimes I think we, a little yeah. feedback we've been yeah. giving is like, what's a cuddle what's cot? A cuddle cot? Um, Start from the like base. The so a cuddle cot, um, Anna and I both used in the hospital. Mm-hmm. It is a device um you buy as you buy the product it comes with a bassinet it comes with a um what you would call kind of a cooling blanket and then a hose attached to a machine and what that device does is you are able to put that blanket that cooling blanket underneath the bassinet and it circulates cold air within the bassinet Mm -hmm. and so of course when a heart stops your body is going to start changing because obviously there's no oxygen to cells anymore. And so we call it the deterioration process that sets in pretty fast, especially dependent on length of time that the baby has potentially been deceased. And so it's this, it kind of like stops time mm-hmm. uh, more or less. It gave me two full days in, in the hospital room with Eden Grace. Yeah, it gave me it four. Gave Anna four. You know, this antiquated system, and it sounds to me, it's so wild to even say it out loud, but this antiquated system of you could either put your deceased baby on ice bags to mm-hmm. then keep in your room to again, try and slow that process down. Or that baby could have gone back and forth to and from the morgue. Which is traumatizing yes, for a mom. Itself, you know? sure. and, and a lot of hospitals will not allow yes. a deceased body to come and go from the morgue. Yes. Yeah. Once it's there, it's actually signed out and released from the hospital and now is belongs to someone else. Right. I mean, I know yes. that sounds really... Um, not a great way to put it, but it's actually true. As yes, someone who it's has a very true before. process. Yes. Um, so in some hospitals, once you send your baby to the morgue, you cannot get them back. Right. right. You change your mind. Right. So this cuddle cot stops, helps to stop the timing of the deterioration process, but then allows those days with your child, create those memories, create the bond, mm-hmm. share child, baby with other family members, right. et cetera, et cetera. And so unfortunately, this product is not cheap and it's from the UK. And so, yeah, Moha exists because two of the three use this product and we really believe in the power of what this product gives to this mom. Mm-hmm. Um And so with that being said, we've talked to multiple people and you would be surprised. You would think that this would be kind of a staple within a labor and delivery department. Like a given. A given. Like, for example, you're not going to go to a hospital and like never find a Band-Aid or, (laughs) you know, you're never going to not, I guess, never not find a Band-Aid or never not find medicine. Or a medical device that is so crucial. Yeah, you, we know that is so crucial. Yes, it's well, just hearing, the lack of yeah. awareness of how crucial it actually is. And hearing the numbers of how often they could use it, 
I would say majority of the city, of course, we're working with the Methodist hospital system first. And so the majority of the Methodist systems have them. Um, most have one cuddle cot. There is one location that we know of that has two just due to the volume of deliveries that they have. Um, there are a few hospitals that don't have the device. And then there's a couple not even in within the Methodist hospital system that we know of that has the product, but it's broken. And no, and no product or no replacement product. Right. It, like what our listeners should know is that these are donated. Mm -hmm. These cuddle cots are donated. Mm -hmm. So when we, when some, when something is donated to a hospital without the replacement parts, the hospital is, am I, is it correct? not in their budget? Yeah. They haven't budgeted for it. Right. Yeah. And, or the insurance to mm-hmm. replace to these replace products. The parts. They're yes. not there. Yeah. So the hospital that I delivered in, I had the cuddle cop, but since then is broken. Mm-hmm. So now I know that anyone walking into that hospital, unfortunately, whether they've, whether they have found someone to donate the replacement products, I don't know. But from the last I've heard, they don't have. Right. We met a cop. mother that had a had a child that passed away and she was not able to use the product. The product was there, but obviously not in use. It's a huge need. And so after raising money, we see that, man, the need for it is really out there. Mm-hmm. And so that's one of Moha's main objectives. Mm-hmm. You know, we have so many. Well, and we want to break that stigma and raise awareness mm-hmm. that for a mom who's lost a baby, it's normal to keep your baby with you it's normal to want to introduce your baby to your your deceased baby it's healthy yeah it's okay Mm -hmm. it's not something to shy away from yeah um I think that there's a generational change and Mm -hmm. for the positive Mm -hmm. because I think in the past before us it was the mom never got to see her baby after delivery. And I can't imagine the trauma and pain that that has caused some of those women who are still around today, you know? Yeah. So when, when we fundraise, we have a huge block of our budget set towards being able to buy this product mm-hmm. and to then be present. Yeah. yeah to be present in these and hospitals. Here's my dreaming again, mm-hmm. but we've even talked about this one day having a cuddle cot and a transport system of our own for the outer outlying hospitals or clinics mm-hmm. or birthing centers who are maybe too small to have a need to have one in house mm-hmm. and they can call us and, we can drive it over and they yeah. can use it How or awesome that would be go so amazing, to a Helen. home birth that yeah. unfortunately ended did not, in yeah, mm-hmm. that ended in a death and the mom can use it for mm-hmm. as long as they need in their home. So, yep. I mean, that and would be And amazing. again, I think when we were realizing the needs of all these hospitals all at the same time within this past it month, it felt, overwhelming. Like, yeah. it felt overwhelming. It yeah. felt sad. But then it felt, it gave us this sense of hope that again, like, if not us, who's going to fulfill this need? Yeah. You know, like who, mm-hmm. who's going to drives who, our purpose, who's going to do yeah, this except for purpose. moms who have experienced it. It's mm-hmm. going to, it has to be us. And I think that personally, I think that's God inside of us pushing this forward organically. Mm-hmm. And I think that we can trust that we're, we are following a well bigger than us of course and we're here to do it you know and and it helps us it heals us and then just having launched the last week of October I feel 
that God is still talking to us and saying, keep going, like keep going. And things have been, we have been so blessed and he has just been kind of driving all of this. Yeah. Yeah. He's saying, help my, help my children, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. going along that line. So we also had, we dabbled in a social in December. (laughs) We're doing another one this next month. Um, and I gotta say that it was like really awesome. Oh my god. So goodness. great. I the think, women that I think were our at expectation social. I think we were like, it's gonna be just us guys. I yeah. Think. <laughs> we were, we were say, very fearful. I was like, okay. was sending out SOS texts. I was like, <laughs> we need people <laughs> or help just, us. We're just not sure if we just it's a it is a little vulnerable to say it like, is. hey. Come share, oh come, come meet share a stranger, meet, meet share us. your story, yes. your personal, very personal Which, story. And we, and we didn't even say like, share your story. We right. just said like, come meet us. Come like meet you're us. saying. It was more of like And it a, still oh. felt vulnerable. Oh, It still oh, felt yeah. like we were asking women to come be, be vulnerable. And we experienced just the most beautiful women who mm-hmm. came oh, and I just wanted to awesome be in fellowship yeah. with each yeah. other yeah. And, and just hang out. And I just, I think with Moha, that's because we do want other moms to know they're in a community with other moms of stillbirth and neonatal not loss. Mm-hmm. Like I think that is going to allow a lot of women to feel a little more encouragement to share, knowing that that woman has experienced the same thing, yes. Yes. you know? Um, well, you feel like you're in a safe space to oh, do so yeah. because even five and a half years after losing Carter, I talk about him very freely in social situations, mm-hmm. um, but I can feel that pullback and always someone who's like, I'm so sorry to hear that. Like, and it's, that's not why, I mean, yes, thank you. I appreciate the, I'm so sorry, but I'm talking about him because I want to raise awareness relate, mm-hmm. raise awareness i'm or just I'm talk also about talking about him in case you know somebody mm-hmm. who needs to talk to me because they've lost somebody and you might not know how to talk to them about it and yeah i just would a lot of times like be in situations with other moms and feel this like kind of heaviness or sadness because i didn't have anyone else in the room to relate on that topic with mm. yeah and just saying their names Mm-hmm. with a purpose again mm-hmm. you know we do us we're very lucky in our small and like the three of us when we meet we talk about our children by name all the time I mean you know second nature because yes. because of our what we do you know but I think when they when these moms came to our social and hopefully coming in two weeks to our moha sip and shop I think or I pray that it's also because it's giving their child the honor of yeah. us being able to say their name hearing other people say their name face to face again you know it, it just brings so much more life well I think this is baby. it's like it you know we started out as this idea of being just this support group so it's going back to the root of what we were re- originally trying to accomplish when we thought mm-hmm. when we were thinking so sweet and small yeah <laughs> like we'll just have these sip and shops and these yeah. fellowship moments mm-hmm. and these uh, you know, have a come have a glass of wine with us or mm-hmm. share a dinner with mm-hmm. us that, you know, you're not alone, as we say time and time again, which has become our slogan, like you're not alone here. Mm-hmm. And here's an example of how you're not alone. Mm-hmm. You're surrounded by this group of women who can look at you and we can look back and just share these moments that we all get it. Mm-hmm. A greater understanding. Yeah. Yes. 
exactly. So we think, I, I think we're very excited about our socials. Um, our fundraiser, May mm-hmm. 1st, we're hoping to do at No Label Brewery out here in Houston or out here in Katy. Open to everyone. Open to everyone. Yeah, Again, just getting our getting our relationship with the community growing mm-hmm. and what the needs are that Houston needs. I mean, Houston is a medical city. Mecca. Yeah, Mecca, a, yeah. It's a huge the me- Texas Medical Center is like the biggest of its kind or up there. If any city should be bringing awareness to stillbirth and neonatal loss, it should be Houston. Of like, course. Metal, you know. Yeah. We have... Um, we have kind of our flagship hospital, as we say, in Sugarland. It's just kind of where we've started and grown. And so Houston could be the flagship of uh, city movement. of mm-hmm. our movement. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I, I remember saying God, this was months ago, like, girls, we can grow this to March of Dime size if this is what we want or we can stay small and stay within our community. And I think we all looked each other in the eye and knew that this we just needed to grow this because it it was in need Mm -hmm. yes it's bigger than us it's bigger than us for sure in the process of growing moha just in these last few months i have learned and like Um, we have i think we're up to six twitter followers (laughs) (laughs) but um none of us us had twitter and so i was like well i guess i can try to run the moha uh twitter with six followers i have not successful so far but (laughs) Follow us. Follow us on <laughs> yeah. Twitter if you have Twitter. Yeah. Network. Um, but I noticed because I guess in Twitter, it's a lot like all the other social media platforms, but it suggests like pages you should follow. And so I would go through and start following. I was following different medical journals and different things related to women's health. And then I started finding like grief groups for stillbirth. And it was crazy to me how many of these platforms are not based in the U.S. So like Australia has a Mm -hmm. big stillbirth um, Twitter page, and I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but like they're pushing for kind of what we want to do in the future with funding research to start an assessment Mm -hmm. while women are pregnant, a stillbirth assessment, gestational assessment. And it's radio silence in the United States. There's not these large pages and large groups who are pushing for change or pushing for research or pushing for these, these kinds of things. And I was like, that's really strange. And just the more you read about it, um, I think I shared an article with y'all from the CDC that said stillbirth, uh, one in 160 births are stillbirth. It's amazing. Neonatal loss is about the same number, Mm -hmm. which is 10 times more than SIDS. Can we like sit in that for a second? Because how much change has happened about SIDS in the last years, especially in the 90s, there's this huge movement of putting a baby back to sleep because they had done all this research, which said that a baby was more likely to die from SIDS if they were on their tummy. Right. And 10 times more. And our babies are dying either in the womb full term from early term to full term and right after, right after birth. Mm -hmm. Why? Why? And why, why is it not being broadcast? Right. You know, why is why is it yeah. a taboo? And that same article from the CDC said in the last 30 years, we have had so much medical uh, progress and technology changes in the medical field that has allowed us to 
cure all sorts of diseases. And mm-hmm. in the last 30 years, they there have been so many technological advances in medicine. And that statistic of one in 160 has not changed at all in 30 years. Shocking. It is so I had, crazy to I had me. to read it five I did times too. to understand what they were saying because it was like my jaw hit the ground. And I got to say, even, even what they said in that article at the end, they basically said, we don't know what's going on. Bear with us. Yeah, it was like, <laughs> like oh, there was yeah, a that's section. What it, that's yeah, what it was a section like. that said, "Why does it occur?" Or something like that. Why did why does stillbirth happen or something? And it was like basically like we still don't really know. We're we're working on bringing awareness to understanding. Here we are. Like that is really that was it. And I thought, again, my heart drops and my stomach mm-hmm. is sick about it. But I'm like, okay, God, like here we go. If not us, then who? Well, know? that's where Moha, again, we started with this little simple, sweet idea of we're going to be this great community therapy group. Mm-hmm. And then we realized we needed to develop our angel box. Mm-hmm. And then we realized we needed our angel ambassador program. And then we knew, gosh, we've really got to start raising big funds to be able to buy this cuddle cut. Mm-hmm. And Ultimately, yes, we want to create awareness on top of the fact of medical research to figure out why is this statistic the way it is? Yeah. Yeah. Prevention. Let's stop this. Prevention. Mm-hmm. Stop it from happening. What can we like, do? Yeah. What we at least would like that number to change in the next 30 years. Of course. For our children. You yeah. Know? Absolutely. Anyway, so we just wanted to share our progress with our listeners and update everyone about our, you know, how excited we are with all of this. And we have this hope that in our lifetime of growing Mohawk, something will change for the better and for what we went through and losing our babies is not in vain yes amen yeah that's absolutely right for so long i've been praying like what is carter's purpose and what can i do for his legacy to live on kind of to bring heaven a little closer so Mm -hmm. until the day that i'm there Mm -hmm. with him I want people to not just know Carter's name. I want them to know all our babies' names and know that, like we said, there's just this purpose for us to bring awareness, change the statistics, prevent it from happening, Mm -hmm. and in the meantime, provide cuddle cots and angel boxes Mm -hmm. and support the moms who are having to go through it. Shine light into the darkness. Yeah. Well, we loved sharing this all with you. And um, again, go back and listen to any of our support podcasts. If you are finding yourself in a support role at the moment, you can access our podcasts on our website at www.mohanetwork.org. We are here to help you. We are here to heal with you. You are not alone. Mm -hmm. Thank you, listeners. 